amazing grace how sweet the sound amazing love now flowing down from hands and feet that were nailed to a tree grace flows down and covers me let's do it again amazing grace how sweet the sound amazing love now flowing down from hands and feet that were nailed to flows down and covers me amazing grace how sweet the sound amazing love now flowing down from hands and feet that were nailed to Grace flows down and covers me. It covers me. It covers me. It covers me. sound amazing love now flowing down from hands and feet that were nailed to the tree as grace flows down and covers me as grace flows down covers me as grace flows down and covers me you hold my every moment you calm my raging seas you walk with me through fire heal all my disease I trust
opportunity to do so. Father, we thank you that we can gather here in spirit and in truth to worship you and to forget about things that are going on outside and for the next hour or so just focus on you and focus on loving each other. And Lord, we invite you into this place. We know you're already here, but we invite you to, to walk the aisles and to speak to people and to minister to us. Father, we love you and thank you and we give the rest of this day to you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. You may be seated. 
You all right? Yeah, can you? Um, I'm Harvey. I'm up here today to do the testimony time and the sharing time. But before we do that, before we do that, somebody's sixth birthday is really sensational. And Lily's birthday, Lily, stand up. You can stand up on the stage so they can see you. Uh, Lily is celebrating her sixth birthday this coming Wednesday. So let's sing happy birthday to Lily. One, two, three. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear Lily. Happy birthday to you. <laughs> okay, they sang that to me many years ago. <laughs> uh, raise your hand. We've got sharing time. You know how I feel about that, our testimony time. Jackie's back. Oh, I am so happy to see you, Jackie. I know work is... Um, Sometimes difficult to get here, but uh, what do they have to tell us this morning? I am happy that I can be here, and I'm also happy that I'm making such good money at my job. <laughs> no, of course not. Dad. When I'm, when I'm most thankful for is I hope Lily has a very special happy birthday. Thank you, Jackie. <laughs> Who else would like to share with us? Good morning. Hi, Harvey. Hi, I'm Hannah. Um, I was supposed to lead worship this morning, um, but this week has been a little bit of a crazy week. I started a new job on Wednesday. Um, that I'm driving, so I can't look at my phone. But on Friday, I was at a stop, and my cousin texted me to say, call my mom, like right away. And it's a little complicated, because I haven't talked to my mom. We're not really talking very much. Um, but there was an accident, and my brother and my dad were in the hospital. So I leave in the middle of the day. Um, I'm calling my mom, calling my cousin, trying to figure out what happened. They didn't know where my brother and my dad are at. Um, and so finally, I'm trying to finish up what I'm doing. Um, and my cousin calls me to say that they're at a hospital by my parents' house in Macomb. Um, my brother's, one of his motorcycles caught on fire in the garage, and our garage caught on fire. And um, so just, you know, through that whole situation, like I drive for my job and I'm like crying, trying to drive back to, to the lab and, um, I just remember just taking a deep breath and, and just knowing, like, you know what, like, God, you are good. You'll protect my brother and my, my, my dad with whatever happened. Um, so we end up getting in the hospital. They don't let us in because of COVID, but my brother's fine. Um, my dad's at the house. Um, so now we're just in a period of waiting. My parents are in a hotel right now. Um, my brother's taking it really, really hard because he almost burned down our childhood home. <laughs> But um, he's good. He's upset about the motorcycles, but those can be replaced. Our house can be fixed. And, um, you know, I'm just really thankful uh, that, you know, my brother and my dad are safe. So. Amen. 
We'll meet halfway. <laughs> um, three weeks ago tomorrow, something that I guess is, you know, everybody's worst fear. Um, my friend, I, we're friends with their whole family. Um, my friend's husband and 18-year-old son were killed in an accident. Um, it was local. Um, we heard about it on the news before we even knew it was them. Um, we'd known their family for 14 years because their son, Xander, had just graduated um, and went to the same school as AC. Um, but Xander started kindergarten with Faith. Um, and they had several classes together in elementary school, and Steve was the stay-at-home dad for a long time, so Steve was part of our pickup crew. Um, but you just, you can't imagine when something like that happens, just to know Steve went to Macomb Community College to pick his son up from school, and he suffered a medical emergency, um, and they were gone in an instant. Um, and as a parent, I, I can't fathom or imagine losing my child. And the last time we saw Steven Xander was at Xander's graduation party this summer. Um, and Carla, um, she's at home now with her nine, almost nine-year-old twins who've lost their dad and their brother um, but the amount of strength that I've seen from her, I mean, there's, you know that God is with her and carrying her through this time. Um, she's posted, you know, occasionally on Facebook, like, you know, I'm not going to let the darkness take me. I'm, I'm going to stay in the light. Um, just the other day she met up with Gemma and I and, um, took her kids to the trunk or treat at our kids' school. And again, I mean, I can't even, I don't know how she's even standing right now. But I do, because, you know, she has faith. Um, but also, at the funeral, um, there was a group of about 20 kids, teenagers, most of them had just graduated. And it was, it was really just unspeakable to see this group come together. Most of them had started kindergarten together. Um, they went on to three different high schools. A couple of them didn't graduate. Um, some of them had not talked, you know, like a boy and a girl had not literally talked since boys and girls stopped talking in elementary school. Um, they didn't talk since like seventh grade. But these kids have all been texting each other and communicating and supporting one another. Um, and that's what they did when they got there. It didn't matter that they hadn't talked in a long time, or you know, maybe that they didn't get along at one point, but to see them come together and the connection um, was really good. And so um, continue praying for their family, um, but also knowing that you know, God is at work in this situation. Thank you. Anyone else? I, uh, yes. We can reach you. 
Hi, I'm Jesse. Uh, I come here to Genesis. I love it for many years. I came into some situations at work where, um, you know, I kind of rubbed uh, wrong with a couple of people. And I want to encourage some people, if you don't get along with people, uh, <clears throat> the Bible says to love your enemies. And sometimes you can see that love change people and their attitude towards you and towards your situation. And the Bible also says that uh, when, a, when a man's ways please the Lord, that even his enemies have peace with him. So I've had the occasion to uh, make many people that have come against me or have been my enemies at first, they've become my friends, and it's been a blessing. And I want to say that not every person that you struggle against is going to be an enemy for life. Thanks, Jesse. Yes. Hi, my name is Sloan, and a few days ago when I was in school, I slipped at a pool deck and I got a concussion. And I was really thankful that the Lord saved me from getting any more hurt because I was right by a pool and I could have fallen in. And I still have some headaches sometimes. And I just hope that the Lord helps me heal. Yes. Anybody else? I know Dan. Good morning, Dan. Yeah, yeah. Accidents seem to be the theme uh, this this uh, Sunday. Um, Sharon and I have had a really, 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 really hard year in so many ways. Uh, right now, Sharon's got a really bad knee, torn meniscus, and I'm in a lot of pain. And then Friday, we were on our way driving to our small group, and uh, we got in a car accident, and uh, pretty bad. And uh, Nobody hurt, so we're thankful, and we just ache when we hear, you know, other folks that have had such uh, horrible experiences. But um, we came home, and uh, you may know, those of you who've been watching Chosen, that uh, season three is going to premiere in movie theaters in November, the season, the first and second episode, and then it's going to be free, you know, like for uh, the other stuff. But uh, uh, our we'd watched it all and Sharon and I decided to start watching over again to kind of catch up uh, to so we could have kind of this running start into season three so we come home after the accident and you know just it's just you know another bad thing and we're at the episode where Peter has just his life is falling apart and and uh, he's in debt and uh, he's gonna possibly lose their family home and yada 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 and, and he just is, is crying out to the Lord in the middle of the night as he's trying to fish and getting no fish. And he comes to shore, and Jesus is teaching there. And Jesus, you know, asks to sit in the boat, and, you know, and he tells Simon, just, just a minute, just a minute, you know. And, uh, and then after he's done, he tells him, go throw your nets in. And Simon's fighting him, and Simon throws his nets in, and the boats are filled with fish, you know. And... Um, 
and just this this message which has come out again and again is that the lord when we're going through the difficult times uh the lord knows when we're struggling and and the lord is there to answer sometimes in ways we can't even imagine at this point and uh i don't have the answer yet but i have that word of encouragement at just the time that we needed it um that uh that the lord spoke and said i know i'm with you and uh and that's where we stand thank you anyone else anyone else so father bless this church bless this congregation we ask that you would be with those who are having problems and are praying for relief lord we join them in that prayer that you would be with them and that the problem that they have lord you would take into your hands amen and now the next song marty is going to play um i don't know how many of you remember it uh but it's called uh, give thanks anybody remember that you will give thanks yeah there you go so if you know it sing really loud for those who don't know it and the words will be up on the screen and marty is an incredible person to play the piano and to sing so god bless you and uh let's have a very blessed day how many of you were around in the 1990s about half of you how many were in church in the 1990s and you're going to definitely recognize this song so let's stand and sing this this old song but it's uh it brings back some good memories for me of uh, things like church camp and youth services, and um, I decided to dust it off and bring it out. I've enjoyed watching the kids um, this morning participate. Before church, Jenny came up to me and she said, we're going to have a lot of kids in church this morning. Are you singing anything peppy? And I'm like, no, not really. I, I can't pep it up on my own up here. So uh, she goes, well, can you speed up a couple of things? I'm like, well, I'll do my best. But to be honest, the kids have been very engaging in worship this morning, and it's, it's been a blessing to watch from up here. So, uh, so let, let's sing this old song. Give thanks with a grateful heart. Give thanks to the Holy One. Give thanks because he's given Jesus Christ, his son. Give thanks with a great. He's given Jesus Christ, his son. And now let the weak say, I am strong. Let the poor say, I am rich. Because of what the Lord has done. the 
Good morning. Just a few announcements before we uh, break for our connection. We've got an uh, opportunity to join with crew out of Detroit to provide Thanksgiving meals. There's some flyers in the back, and you're also probably seeing it in your e-blast as a way to provide a box of love. So one way is to actually provide a box of love, meaning all of the contents, and then that, that would be also a check for a turkey, or you can just go to the site and pay for it. So two ways to participate, and we would encourage you to look at that opportunity. Crew served uh, 1,500 boxes last year, so it's a, it's a big deal for families, um, especially for those where inflation has tightened to the point of deciding whether or not you'll do a Thanksgiving meal. So if you have enough and are able to give from that to those who don't, we encourage you to do so. We also have a small group series that's going on right now. We're a couple weeks into it, but there's always space for people to join. So there's uh, three weeks left. There's some sign-up sheets in the lobby. Um, there's actually a small group that meets um, on Sundays, and I don't see Sam and Chris here today. So Sam and, um, Sam and Chris usually, usually lead that group, um, but they're not here today. So if you had signed up for the Sunday group, uh, it won't be meeting after the service today, just so you know. Now, uh, next week, we're going to be eating together. It's a practice that we have on first Sundays of the month. It's a wonderful time together. We wanted to be a little bit creative this year, or this, this month. So if your last name is between A and L, 
we would like you to bring a soup. So last name between A and L, bring a soup. If your last name is between M and Z, we would like you to bring a salad. And then Genesis is going to provide the bread. So we'll have a soup and salad lunch. If you have questions about that, just bring a soup or a salad and act like you didn't know what we said, and that's fine. Uh, if you want to join our prayer practice, we have a box in the back that you can write, um, fill out a green card, let us know about your presence here, and then write a prayer request on there. You can put it in that wooden box in the back. It's also available for those who have brought um, finances to give in person. Most of you have transferred to a digital format, and for that we thank you. Um, our, the work here would not continue without your support, and so we thank you for that. Lastly, if you take a moment to go to the website or to follow the text you got this morning, to fill out the digital green card, if you're new to Genesis, you can text NEW TO GENESIS to 94000 from your phone, and you'll start to receive our updates that way. We're glad that you're here with us this morning. We want to take time now and release all of the middle school students. Oh, actually all the students, because it's the fifth Sunday. So follow this crew back. So all the kids, sing the song with me from Sound of Music. So long, farewell, Avita, say goodbye to you, and you. That was my German. That was my German accent, Pete. Did you like that? All right, the rest of you stand up, say hi to one another, and we will continue our worship.
Good morning. Well, hello. Glad to be with you this morning. My name is Bo, one of the pastors here. If we haven't had the chance to connect, we have a number of different practices. You've got to experience some of those. One of those is the one that Harvey did where we, where we share, we, we connect with one another. Um, we share where we saw God. And some of the stories are like, oh yeah, we saw God there. Um, but we also share in that time the good and the bad. It's a way of connecting. It's a way of belonging. It's within those moments that all of us are like, oh yeah, these are real people who have real lives, experiencing the full range of the human experience. That experience is sometimes good, that experience is sometimes bad and troubling. But in it, as we share it, there is a sense of connecting with one another through making eye contact and the touch. That sense of empathy that goes out to each other. Maybe not in a way that we can relate, but definitely in a way that we're saying, we are with you. We're right here. You belong. Glad you're here. And those moments are good. I would use this language of holy. They're unique. They're uncommon when we say, you belong. And we are connected. Because each of us knows what those moments of uncertainty and pain and fear and sorrow and love feel like. And so this morning we heard a multitude of stories from the birthday of a six-year-old little girl to another young girl and the fear of falling and getting a concussion and headaches and the, the uncertainty of those moments, the uncertainties of fires and things catching on and possessions being burned up and the uncertainty of knowing if our loved ones are well or not and the experience of hearing stories of great loss and the people mourning through that. But all in it is the sense that we belong to each other and we belong to God. That was what we were all saying. That's what the collective voices in here were, were, were saying. Like we, we, don't made it, we maybe don't have all the stories figured out. We can't answer all the questions of why and what is happening there, but there's this collective sense that we belong to God who cares for us and loves us. And so that's what we've been talking, that's what we're going to be talking about is this theme of belonging that for many, if you tried to put a definition to it, you couldn't, but you know what it feels like. And you definitely know what it feels like to be rejected. It's trauma to be rejected. It's loss. But to belong, it feels like love. It looks like love. It looks like connection. And we had that sense that this was a very common thing, but it was something that we needed to be, we wanted to be talking about, encouraging, growing in, to understand that we carry around within us this sense of belonging. 
And we share that with one another and we create spaces that are safe and kind and caring that help belonging and connection flourish. And we also learn to identify the kinds of things that do not lead to flourishing and belonging and connection. So we can have our eyes open for those things. We can even be aware of those things that are in us that make it really difficult for belonging and connection for others. But all this, we were made to belong and to connect. And so that's the conversation again for today. And all the stories kind of communicate that in a beautiful way that we've heard today. One of the things that we hope And there's an opportunity to take these discussions into community and with others where you can actually dialogue on a deeper level. That actually can happen at anywhere, at any time, with anyone that you want, and we encourage it. But if you're looking for a space to intentionally dialogue and discuss, as Nate said, you can can find pockets of people who would make room for you, welcome you, not judge you for having and the answers, for even the unique answers and experiences that you've had that might even disagree with them. There is room for you in that and for a safe place to talk. But in the conversation today, or at least in the, in the portion of this today, we're hoping it would lead to conversations about belonging. And one, the good news that I am hoping to share from my perspective and from some of the teachings within, from the teachings of Jesus is that we do belong to each other. We are interconnected because each of us has been invited by the host. So God speaks that belonging over us. And as God does that invitation over us to affirm us, it affects our relationships with one another. And we see the connection continue to grow. As the early followers of Jesus were reflecting on the life of Jesus and how that disrupted and communicated something different in time than the world has ever known, the life and the person of Jesus spoke something that the world longed for and sensed, but did not have language for, or couldn't have hoped for, but yet the early, early followers of Jesus began to speak out loud to make these connections about belonging through the person of Jesus. One ancient letter from this book called Hebrews says this at the beginning, long ago God spoke many times and in many ways to our ancestors through the prophets. And in this, this person is saying, um, this was through the Jewish prophets, this Jewish text. So God spoke in these ways to a very specific tribe and demographic of people in a very specific location of people. Long ago, God did that. And now in these final days, God, he has spoken to us through his son. Something way more intimate. God promised everything to the son as an inheritance. And through the son, he created the universe. So this son to whom God spoke through to us and to all of that was the one who actually created the entire world. The universe and every one of us. 
We are part of the creation of God. The sun, which they're referencing Jesus, radiates God's own glory, God's presence, God's likeness. It just shines from the sun and expresses the very character of God. And he sustains everything by the mighty power of his command. When he had cleansed us from our sins, he sat down in the place of honor at the right hand of the majestic God in heaven. So as the people are trying to make sense and make things clear, and we talk about this kind of a lot, we're saying, oh, if you want to know what God looks like, look at Jesus. And the early Christians were saying, the exact character of God is best expressed in Jesus. This is what God looks like. And everything is sustained and held together by that power of God, and it is good. So today, as we want to talk about belonging, we're talking about this character and this essence of God that is expressed through Jesus. This sense of Jesus, where we look at the life of Jesus and we see this invitation to belong, to be welcomed, to be called a child or a son and daughter, where there was inclusion, there was room, And we see this language again, and Jesus uses very common language to help us understand. Jesus uses normal things all around us and objects in order to help us. He takes things that we would see as common, that were normal, that we wouldn't look at in maybe different ways, and he uses them because they're so common to us. He wants us to take these things that are all around us and help us understand the relationships that we have with God for the sake of belonging and the relationships that we have with each other. It's this exact essence of God, showing the character of God, which is one that's making room, pursuing, loving, expressing, speaking. And so we use this this language of speaking, and today we want to listen to this speaking, this voice and this character of Jesus as a way of even asking that questions. Hmm, do we belong? Do we belong to each other? What does this mean for us? And so may we be open to this voice. May we be open to the speaking of the one who has come to reveal the character of God. Uh, the, the Jewish people have had prayers that um, help with these kinds of things. And, and one of the prayers that are prayed before, before they go into Torah, that's their name of the revelation of God, is this. It comes from Psalm 118. It says, open my eyes to behold the beauty of your word. Open my eyes to behold the beauty of your revelation. Open my eyes so I can see what is actually beautiful that comes from you. And so that's what we're talking about today We're talking about being able to see beauty. Because beauty will change the world. And so would you pray that with me? God, open our eyes to see the beauty of your revelation. Amen. 
Jesus, when he was teaching, and this is going to be the anchor of this one today. It comes from John chapter 10. Uh, these are stories that were written about Jesus who reflects the exact character of God. Who spoke words out loud. We've heard him speak. And these are the words that Jesus has spoken that are written down. And so this comes from John chapter 10. And Jesus is speaking to a group of people. And it says this. I tell you the truth. Anyone who sneaks over the wall of a sheepfold, rather than going through the gate, must surely be a thief and a robber. But the one who enters through the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. The gatekeeper opens the gate for him, and the sheep recognize his voice and come to him. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. After he has gathered his own flock, he walks ahead of them, and they follow him because they know his voice. They won't follow a stranger. They will run from him because they don't know his voice. Now those who heard Jesus' illustration didn't understand what he meant. So he explained it to them. I tell you the truth. I'm the gate for the sheep. All who came before me were thieves and robbers. But the true sheep did not listen to them. Yes, I am the gate those who came in through me, or those who come in through me, will be saved. They will come and go freely and will find good pastures. The thief's purpose is to steal and kill and destroy. My purpose is to give them a rich and satisfying life. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd sacrifices his life for the sheep. A hired hand will run when he sees a wolf coming. He will abandon the sheep because they don't belong to him and he isn't their shepherd. And so the wolf attacks them and scatters the flock. The hired hand runs away because he's, he works, he's working only for money and doesn't really care about the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my own sheep and they know me just as my father knows me and I know the father. So I sacrifice my life for the sheep. I have other sheep too that are not in this sheepfold. I must bring them also. They will listen to my voice and there will be one flock with one shepherd. Now, Jesus is using common language about shepherds and sheepfolds and gates and this relationship between uh, 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 you know the people and their animals but he's using these common things that people know around them in order for them to ponder it he's using metaphors in this to describe so they could be like we, we see this all the time we see these animals all the time. We see shepherds all the time. We're aware of wolves all the time. We're aware of thieves. This is how the world works. Um, we're aware of all of these things. But Jesus is saying, hey, take a little minute here and understand. Let me teach you through these normal, common, everyday kind of things. Let me teach you about the character of God. Because that's what Jesus was revealing. Revealing about himself who is exact representation and character of God, speaking to us. And so Jesus begins this language and says things like that. I'm the gate. 
you're a gate? A common thing. It's meant that whenever we'd see a gate, maybe we'd think differently of this. Huh, Jesus said he was a gate. He said he was the gate to the sheepfold, the way to enter. What was he saying? What did he mean by that? When Jesus uses that language, he's allowing you to get your fingers on it. He's allowing you to put it through your mind and filter it. He's allowing you to do something with it, of something that is so common that you know, you know what a gate is. And Jesus is saying, I'm the gate. It's not closed off, it's open. Enter through it and you'll find life. Enter through it and you'll find life. They didn't understand. He says, okay, okay. I'm the good shepherd. I'm the good shepherd and the sheep are mine. I call to them and they come. I take care of them. I'm unlike the other shepherds because when the wolf comes, I don't flee. I don't run. I give myself. These sheep hear my voice and they follow me because they know my voice. Like, how do they know the voice of this shepherd? How do they, these are all these questions that people be asking. Well, how do you, how do you know this? The shepherd, you are the shepherd of the sheep? This language is then saying, there is a shepherd. There is a really good shepherd. And Jesus is saying, I'm the one. And there's a flock that are coming in together. The people, they are the flock. They hear and they come. And then Jesus says, I have more than just of this people. There is a belonging that you don't know of. There is more room, more inclusion. They're not of this tribe. They're not a Jewish people. There is more. There is more room. And they'll hear my voice and they will come too. And I will care for them and I will make the people one. One people who belong together, cared for by the shepherd, who doesn't run when the wolves come. Jesus is using this language to help us understand what it is to belong to God and what it is to belong to each other. And he's using this language to help us to say, what does the voice, what is the one who speaks, and this time Jesus who speaks, what does it sound like? Because Jesus says, oh, the sheep know my voice of a good shepherd. What does the voice sound like that calls to them? Well, Jesus is saying this voice should sound like a good shepherd and not like a wolf and not like a thief and not like these other things. And so how do you know that voice? It sounds like a good shepherd calling out, making room. Come, come home, come home. You belong here. You're mine. So Jesus takes these normal things that we have, such as sheep and shepherds and wolves, to help us understand the essence of God, but also to understand that as a people, in this metaphor, as a people, we're the people who are shepherded by God, a part of his flock, one with each other. And so in this, we're looking at this good shepherd, that is Jesus, who is a protector. Strong and joyful in his identity. 
where Jesus creates belonging, is tender towards the weaknesses of others. Now, if we were going to take this analogy, wolves, wolves are not tender towards the weakness of others. When a wolf sees the weakness within a flock, they're going to try to isolate it so they can kill it and eat it. And that's just what wolves do. In this metaphor, the wolves come to isolate and to pull people from the fold, from the flock, the weak ones, in order to isolate them, to go after them and get them. Because in isolation and in that, they're prey. And they're going to devour them. That's what wolves do. Now, if we were to take this metaphor and apply it (laughs) in real life circumstances, we have all known wolves who go after the weak, and they're doing it potentially as a way to even, as an illusion of their own weakness, and so they go after the weak to devour them. That's what they do. And so you can know what a wolf sounds like and look like because of what they do. They go after the weak to isolate them and to eat them, to take them down. This is not what the good shepherd does. In this story, we have this language of the voice of a shepherd shouting out. And is the voice of this one who created us and who's crying out in the voice of Jesus the cry of a wolf or the cry of a shepherd? And so as we look, and as we're going to go into these conversations about belonging, we're wanting to listen to the one who has created it all and say, what does this voice sound like and and what is this inviting us into? I I got a few stories of what this voice did and what is it shouted out. We have all this language of Jesus speaking out and shouting out into crowds of people. There was one specific time, there was a big festival in Jerusalem, and the people were all gathered, and Jesus cries out in this way. This is found in John 7, verse 37. And in the middle of this festival, on the last day, the climax of the festival, Jesus stood and shouted to the crowds, anyone who is thirsty may come to me. Anyone who believes in me may come and drink. For the scriptures declare... Rivers of living water will flow from his heart. If you're thirsty, come and drink. Does this sound like the cry of a wolf or the cry of a shepherd? To me, it sounds like the cry of a shepherd. Uh, Last week, I jumped into the conversation to one of our groups. and I was hoping that Becca and Austin would be here this morning. I don't see them. They were, we were down in there, and we were, we were talking about belonging, and I can't remember where the conversation came up, but Becca shares this story. So if your kids are um, in the garden in the elementary school age, Nikki and Manya and Jenny, and they're a team of people, each month they give them uh, just words of life, things to memorize, things to, to, to bury in their heart. And one of those, last month in September, were the words of Jesus, in ways, the words of a good shepherd. They're words of caring. And I don't, I I know a portion of the reference, but Becca has her kids read this and say this out loud uh, as they drive to school. And Becca also has memorized this herself. 
And so they've all, they've buried these things uh, within them. And even as Becca shares, she's like, I don't have everything figured out. I don't understand everything of the Bible. I don't understand all the stories. I, I don't know if I get it all. Becca is a scientist of sorts. And she's like, I have just as many questions as I do um, some things that I think I have figured out. But for whatever it is, these things of Jesus are like, this is good. This, this, is, this is good things for me to be taking in and for my kids. And what she had memorized, and this is not the exact language, but she, she spouted it out for us. And it's on a card in her car. And it's these words of Jesus who's speaking out to people um, in Matthew. And the phrase, the portion of scripture, or the portion of words that come from Jesus' mouth are this. And that's why I tell you not to worry about everyday life. Whether you have enough food and drink or enough clothes to wear. Isn't life more than food and your body more than clothing? Look at the birds. They don't plant or harvest or store food in barns. For your heavenly father feeds them. And aren't you more valuable to him than they are? Can all your worries add a single moment to your life? And why worry about clothing? Look at the lilies of the field and how they grow. They don't work or make clothing, yet Solomon of all his glory was not dressed as beautiful as they are. And this might be the portion of it that starts here that she memorized. And if God cares so wonderfully for wildflowers that are here today and thrown into the fire tomorrow, he will certainly care for you. Why do you have so little faith? Why do you worry about these things? What shall we eat? What shall we drink? What will we wear? These things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers, but your heavenly Father already knows all your needs. Seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously, and he will give you everything you need. So there's a portion of that that they all have memorized, that they have in their car, and that their kids say, and Becca shared that with us, but she was sharing a story that she was with one of her coworkers, and she's a professor at a local university. And she was sitting in her car, and the coworker was like, What's that? What's that? That statement right there. And Becca was like, and she, she tells the story. She's like, uh oh, I, I didn't want to come across too weird. But she felt the prompting to be vulnerable, to be human, and to share richly about it. And so she says, yeah, this is something that brings me great comfort that Jesus said and we put it in here my kids have memorized it and I've actually memorized it about God caring for us taking care of us and don't worry and so she shared the full story with her coworker. and I asked the question what did your coworker do and she's like oh she was sobbing she was sobbing Because these are words of a good shepherd. He cares for us. Words of belonging. Mean that you're not alone. You're not isolated. You're not on the outside. There's a flock. I I will care for you. Don't worry, I've got you. I've got you. The words of a good shepherd saying, you belong. And you belong to each other. 
And Becca, all she was doing was sharing words that are good news to her in a natural way to her friend. And saying, these are words of Jesus that that help us. And from that emotion, we would all say that that's a part of, of, of belonging, that those words are not just true for Becca. They're the words of a shepherd who were shouting out, these are words that are forever for all of us. Don't worry about what you will wear or eat. I will take care of you. Your father knows what you need. Is that the word of a shepherd? Or does that sound like the voice of a wolf? And in it is this sense that we belong to each other. And so those words were not just for Becca. Those words were not just for her children. They're for her. They're for her co-worker. They're for all because this is the one who was speaking to this very day. To all of us saying, you belong and you belong to each other. As we go into our, the conversations that we're going to have, we have Jill who, who put together these conversations and so grateful for Jill for that. We've put together a number of stories in the life of Jesus where Jesus is engaging in relationships. All of these stories are about Jesus' encounters with people relationally. In all of them, we have this opportunity to see how Jesus treats people, pulls people close, how Jesus welcomes people. We can ask these questions about well, who belonged and who didn't. In all these, we can see, does Jesus look more like a wolf or does Jesus look like a shepherd? We can ask questions like, who is the wolves in the story? And then how does Jesus respond to them? But all of these stories are about these relational connections that people actually have with Jesus and then also the connection that these people have with each other. So as you enter into the conversations, if those of you who are a part of that, we invite you, ask questions. Get your fingers on these stories. Look at them and wonder. Be encouraged that You belong because you've been invited to and that others belong as well. A couple maybe the heading of these stories is that this is what a shepherd looks like in relationships and about how more belonging is created with the shepherd and the sheep that our shepherd creates places of belonging that we have with each other. These are stories like Dan had mentioned when he was reading the story of, of Peter being called to follow Jesus. And he, he said Peter was in a great need, but he was fishing. They didn't catch anything. And Jesus says, throw your nets on the other side. And he catches this massive load of fish as Jesus told him to do it. And Peter gets freaked out and says, Jesus, get away from me. I'm sinful. And Jesus doesn't. He says this, oh, Peter, come follow me, and from now on you'll be fishers of people. From this moment, not only is Peter being welcomed and called to belong, he's saying, you're not only going to belong, but you're going to make room for a lot more people to belong. 
Your relationship with all people will be different because you're going to be making room for others. As you come follow me, I'm going to continue to pull you in so that you'll be fishers of people because we all belong together. There was a story of a tax collector that we're going to read that Jesus is like, hey, come, come follow me. And so here's the question. Uh, tax collectors, in that time, there was actually a story of two of them. Tax collectors are probably wolves, especially in the first century. They were wolves. They devoured people. They went after the weak ones. They were after the ones who had less people to defend them. And most of the tax collectors, especially the Jewish ones who were under Roman law, it was kind of like, hey, we're all weak here. We're all going to be oppressed by Rome, so I better oppress, the, since Rome's going to oppress us, I'll oppress our people and I'll get what I need. It's kind of interesting, if they are the wolves, how does Jesus then respond to the tax collectors? He invites them to follow him, saying they're sick. And they need a healer. There was one in particular that Jesus eats with, and you may choose to look into the story, and everyone is shocked, and they're like, why would you eat with this scum? Why would you make room of belonging for this person who has been a wolf in our community, who has devoured and oppressed us? Why would you do that? Jesus doesn't answer the question. We don't even know what conversation Jesus had with this one named Zacchaeus, who was a tax collector who became very rich. He became very rich because he had oppressed his people. But something happened in this as Jesus was like, and Jesus even sought this one out, saying, I must eat with you. Jesus didn't reject the wolf, he moved in closer. But as Jesus pulled Zacchaeus in, something happened as he began to belong. Zacchaeus responds, and this is all we know from the story, that immediately what Zacchaeus does, he says, all right, something's happened here, and I'm going to give half of everything that I own to the poor. And not only that, if I've wronged someone, which he had, he was going to give them four times what he had wronged them. Do you think that the ones that he had wronged and he comes to them and gives them four times what he had taken from them, that there was the possibility of some restoration of belonging? Do you think there'd be some sense of seeing him to be like, oh, you're no longer acting like a wolf? And Jesus said, salvation has come to this home today. What does belonging look like? Jesus welcomed these people. There was a story we're going to look at too, or if you're going to read along that you may look at, of a, of a woman who wasn't even a part of the Jewish people. And Jesus is sitting there talking to her. Asked her for water, and he's totally alone. He's alone with a woman at a well. If they're there isolated, his disciples run off, Jesus is alone and he does not try to devour her, overpower her, manipulate her in any way. Because Jesus is a good shepherd. But he offers her water. He, he, he begins to use this language. 
He says, oh, if you only knew the gift of God that was for you, this sense of welcoming, of belonging, you would ask me for water, and we'd give you, I'd give you living water. She begins to engage in this conversation, and, and, and all of a sudden it's revealed, even in this story, that Jesus reveals that he knows stuff about her relationships and about her life. And he says this statement, and says, oh, uh, you've been married five times, and the one you're with right now is not your husband. Did Jesus say that to shame her or to let her know that she didn't belong or that she had to do something different to belong? Not at all. He actually offered her life, even knowing that this was the situation she was in. Does Jesus act like a shepherd in this story or a wolf? Is he trying to devour her in her weakness of relationships? Or is he one who was there offering life and saying, you belong? And as he offers it, she runs off and gathers her entire community and brings them to Jesus. What's so interesting about all the stories that we're going to look at, they're all about people who presumed they were on the outside and Jesus pulling them in. There's even a story of one in here who comes to Jesus wanting to follow him. Jesus welcomes them and says, yes, come follow me. But first, um, sell all you have and give it to the poor. Be a blessing with your life. And it's one of the stories of the one who does not actually come goes away sad. But all these stories are about Jesus welcoming and creating places of belonging. And as Jesus creates places of belonging, we'll see in every one of these relationships, they are creating more belonging for others because they belong together. Every one of these stories is just not about them being impacted with this good news of you belong, you're cared for, you're loved, I'm a good shepherd. Uh, will protect and provide, but not only that, but, like, but this affects us all. This is for us all, and they make room for more. Jesus invites them to make room for more, for their lives to spill out of this, that we belong to each other. These are the stories of our God. This is what it looks like when it says that at this time, God is speaking through Jesus, making his character known. And Jesus is not a wolf. He's the one and only good shepherd, calling all the sheep, saying, be a part of my flock. I'm the gate, come in. We'll make room for others. You belong here. The one who created the universe has made an invitation to us to belong. And so we belong together because the one who has created us has invited us all together. We pray that we would all have a deep sense of our belonging, that we would have ears to hear the one who calls us as a good shepherd, but would also have ears to hear the voices of the wolves, the voices of the thieves, the voices that are not the one of the good shepherd who is speaking, the voice of Jesus.
There's not a lot of people who have even showed up within the people of God as sheep, a part of the flock in their wolves. They're here to devour, and their words and their actions and their character will betray them. But they do not speak for the shepherd. And so may you have ears to hear the one who speaks as a good shepherd. You know his voice and you'd hear it when he calls to come. 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 Let me lead you to life. May we want to be able to hear that more clearly. May our hearts and minds be opened up to all the language of Jesus to wonder. Is this true? Is this for me? What does this mean? How do I say yes? How do I be curious? Can I disagree with it? Can I sit with it? Absolutely. But may you hear that voice calling, making room for you and for others. Let's pray. So Father, you are the one who is speaking. May we hear the voice. You say your sheep will hear it and know it. As the sheep hear the shepherd and know it, may we have that deep sense of knowing that which is good, true, and life-giving. May we also have that deep sense of knowing that which are lies, that which are untruths that only lead to rejection and trauma. May those wounds, may you heal them with your words. May you silence those voices and speak louder. Amen. We're glad that you're with us today. If you're looking for a chance to be able to enter conversations with people about belonging and about the stories of Jesus making room and invitations of belonging, there's still room for you. We'd love for you to participate. Uh, But also as we close today, as we kind of finish off in here, stick around, hang out, talk with each other. But one of the things we have is, is Andrew who, uh, Andrew Meeker, who is probably the chief worship leader of this community. Andrew leads us in worship every week. Um, Andrew creates a sense for all of us that we belong. Andrew makes room for every one of us and says, you belong here. Andrew has this way of his voice being like a good shepherd voice. Andrew loves to participate. Yeah. Be a part to celebrate. Andrew loves holidays. Yes. And singing and dancing. Oh, he's pumped. We're ready. And, and so, Andrew, um, as a way of just even being able to celebrate for Halloween, wanted to send us out with a song today. His family is sick, so he couldn't be here in person, but he was going to sing for us. And if, if you don't know, if you're kind of wondering, Halloween is actually really, really awesome. When in our culture and community are you encouraged to go up to neighbors and have your door open for neighbors and say, come, let me give you a good treat? Right? That is beautiful. This is this sense in our culture that lets our neighborhoods and our communities know you belong. And I actually have something that tastes good, may not be nutritious, but it's really good. And we all know it. So 
if you had the chance, open your door, let people know they belong, give away good candy, buy the good stuff, the big stuff, celebrate this idea of being in a neighborhood and a community if you can. If not, go into those neighborhoods that can and, and, and have a way of, of celebrating. But Andrew's going to launch us off and send us off today. All right, Andrew, you ready? Yes. <laughs> I'm okay, going to you. I'm going to I was working in the lab late one night when my eyes beheld an eerie sight. For my monster from his slab began to rise. And suddenly, to my surprise, he did the monster mash. The monster mash. It was a graveyard smash. He did the mash. It caught on in a flash. He did the mash. He did the monster mash. From the laboratory in the castle east to the master bedroom at the vampire's feast. The ghouls all came from their humble abode to get a jolt from my electrode. They did the mash. They did the monster mash. The monster mash. It was a graveyard smash. They did the mash. It caught on in a flash. They did the mash. They did the monster mash. The zombies were having fun. The party had just begun. The guests included Wolfman, Dracula, and his son. The scene was rocky, all were digging the sounds. Igor on chains, back by his baying hounds. The bangers were about to arrive with their vocal group, the Crypt Kicker Five. They played the monster mash. The monster mash. It was a graveyard smash. They played the mash. It got on in a flash. They played the mash. They played the monster mash. Out from his coffin rack's voice did ring. Seems he was troubled by just one thing. Opened the lid and shook his fist and said, Whatever happened to my Transylvania twist? It's now the mash. It's now the monster mash. The monster mash. And it's a graveyard smash. It's now the mash. It's caught on and it's loud. It's now the mash. It's now the monster mash. Now everything's cool, that's a part of the band And my monster mash is the hit of the land For you, the living, this mash was meant to When you get to my door, tell them what is said Then you can mash Then you can monster mash The monster mash And you, my graveyard smash Then you can mash You'll catch on in a flash Then you can mash Then you can monster mash Hallelujah. I will see you next time. Woo! Hello, you both. Hello. Oh, wow. Hey, have fun, but go home. I will see you next week. Bye. 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 Bye.
ਨੇ ਤੈਅ ਕੀ ਐਨ ਬਣੇ